welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Have you ever looked at the blank page and found yourself out of ideas? Or perhaps you're wondering, do I have writer's block? Well, don't worry. Almost every writer has asked themselves how they'll produce something from nothing. Even famous writers are vulnerable to the paralyzing effects of writer's block. Some writers get creative when they try to solve this obstacle. For example, best-selling author and writer of Inferno and the Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown, actually uses gravity boots to get over writer's block because he says hanging upside down every day oxygenates the brain and helps him gain a different perspective on his writing projects. Now, that's a little bit extreme for me. And you might not have gravity boots or fancy hanging upside down like Brown, but nonetheless, it's sometimes natural to let your fear of writing get in the way of the creative process. But the good news is you can overcome this problem with a little thought, preparation, and some good creative habits. And that's what we're going to cover in this week's episode. But first, what is writer's block? Well, the psychologist Edmund Berger coined the term writer's block back in the 1940s. It's been used since then to describe many different scenarios. While various famous writers have described it as a momentary or short-lived lapse in the creative process or in their motivation, Others have used it to express periods of anguish over their inability to write. But what is it exactly? Well, I like to think of writer's block as a temporary belief that you've got no good ideas or anything good to support the writing process. And the good news is it's a limiting self-belief that you can easily shatter. So is writer's block for real? Well, many new writers sometimes feel like they have nothing to say or they aren't good enough. I certainly felt this way when I started. However, if writer's block is real, Why doesn't painter's block or teacher's block exist? Almost no other profession has a term that excuses people from their most important work. What would you do if a doctor said he can't operate on your knee because he's not feeling it today? In fact, the best-selling author Philip Pullman has little sympathy for writer's block and he says, All writing is difficult. The most you can hope for is a day when it goes reasonably easy. Plumbers don't get plumber's block and doctors don't get doctor's block. So why would writers be the only profession that gives a special name to the difficulty of working and then expects sympathy for it. So if you ask me, writer's block is real if you believe in it. It's kind of like looking at the night sky for UFOs. Stare long enough into the darkness and you'll convince yourself of what's true. If, however, you're a professional, you'll recognize writer's block is simply an indication that you need to change your approach to writing. Look, it's up to you to push past your mental blocks. You must hunt down ideas and whether or not you feel your creative juices flowing, You must capture and use them for your stories, articles, and books. And when you tell yourself you've writer's block, you're exacerbating the problem. You're stealing any chances of creativity or motivation that you've got left, and you've allowed your mind to accept you don't have what it takes to write. If you go on like this, you could struggle with writer's block for years and put off that book or that article that you want to write. So if all of this is the case, what exactly causes people to feel like they have writer's block? Well, it's normal if you're unaware why you feel blocked, unmotivated or uninspired. There are six reasons why this may happen. The first reason is fear. Consider these questions when analyzing the root cause of your writer's block. Do you fear you are incapable of writing? Do you worry a reader or editor will reject your work? Are you intimidated by the creative task at hand? Because if you answered yes to any of these questions, you're not alone. Many new writers fear they're not good enough or that readers or editors will reject them. And this fear is usually at its height just before you start writing. But like any difficult task, once you muster the courage to start, you'll find it easier to keep going. The next cause of writer's block is perfectionism. Now, isn't perfectionism useful for writers who want to hold themselves to a high standard? 
I used to think so, but striving for perfection limits your ability to form new ideas and produce creative writing, and will also stop you from finishing what you started. Remember, the job of any first draft is to exist. When constructing your first draft, don't stop to edit yourself. Perfectionism just doesn't belong in the writing process. The next cause of writer's block is waiting for the right time. Some aspiring writers or authors tell themselves it's not the right time to write. They want to wait until their ideas are good enough or until, you know, they have a block of free time from work or family commitments. What's wrong with this thinking? Well, by waiting for your ideas or for inspiration to strike or life to arrange itself, you're putting off the writing process. Look, there's no perfect time for writing your book or your articles. As the famous writer Jack London said, you can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. So just start. The next or fourth cause is distraction. And it's easier than ever to let distraction get in the way of the writing process. Notifications, messages, phone calls, laundry, other commitments, the list goes on. Without self-discipline, these will tug at your attention and take you away from the task at hand. And they can create insurmountable blocks between you and the blank page. The fifth cause is procrastination, because if you've ever started writing an article or book chapter and then put it down for a day, a week or even a month like I did, then you've struggled with this issue. Time marches on and you lack a clear plan or deadline for finishing that draft. By all means, take a break from the blank screen, but putting off writing for no good reason is just procrastination. The sixth cause is your environment. Finding an optimal creative environment is tough for writers. Coffee shops are too noisy for some people and working at home and learning how to overcome the loneliness of being a writer is difficult too. The wrong workplace can leave writers feeling stagnant and unproductive and with a strong bout of writer's block. So what's the best place to write? Well, it's specific to how you like to work. Find a workplace devoid of distractions, but which inspires creative writing. The poet Raymond Carver wrote first drafts of his poems in his car, while Roald Dahl wrote in a shed at the bottom of his garden. In the end, having a place to work today is more important than having the perfect place to write forever. Now, I want to give you a number of surefire approaches that you can use to say goodbye to writer's block once and for all. Firstly, skip the introduction. Just start writing your conclusion instead. Many writers find constructing an introduction the most challenging part of writing. So why not try it the other way around? If you start with your conclusion, you'll quickly determine what outcome you're hoping to achieve. It's also much easier to write your introduction last when you know what the story or book is about. Next, write what you know. Write down the facts and everything else you know about the topic you're having a problem with. Use a mind map, index cards or bullet points because your job is simply to excavate what's in your mind about the topic. Writing down the facts will give you an idea of what you need to research and help you identify topics to include. Number three, flip the truth. Consider what would happen if a widely accepted fact were untrue. For example, what would happen if the world were flat or we were the center of the universe? By changing the truth of a fact, you're changing your perspective. And this strategy can help you brainstorm ideas for fictional projects and even children's books. Next, use a writing prompt. I like writing prompts like, I remember the first time I, or I remember the last time I, or I can see, or I hate writer's block, or I love writer's block, or what makes me really angry is. In fact, I've put together a full book of writing prompts that you can get. It's called Yes, You Can Write, and it's free. Writing prompts, whether you use the ones in my book or your own, force you to create words. They push you to construct introductions. You can pick one that lies outside of your topic merely to get your creative juices flowing. Number five, free write. This is one of my favorite strategies. Free writing is basically the act of writing for a set period without regard to reason, logic, grammar, or spelling. It'll help you unlock creative resources you didn't know you possessed because you're not stopping to edit yourself. You can free write about whatever you want. A story about a cricket in the sea, a biography of your favorite short story author, 
or even your current writing project, you don't have to use what you free write about in your final piece. Your job, as Natalie Goldberg says, is to simply keep your hand moving. Number six, create a writing schedule. Look, professionals like the doctors we talked about earlier on keep schedules, and you should too. For some people, dedicating 25 to 30 minute intervals of undistracted writing time is sufficient to chip away at a big project. For others, they need to set aside a dedicated time each day. The short story writer Sylvia Platt wrote in the Unabridged Journals of Sylvia Platt, I won't get my writing schedule from outside, it must come from within. So your schedule must be specific to what works for you. Personally, my schedule starts early in the morning. Number seven, take a break. If you worked hard on a painful chapter or article, perhaps you just need to stop for a while. Because see, tiredness isn't really conducive to creativity. And what's more, feeling frustrated about what you're doing is just going to hamper your productivity. Just commit to returning to your work later on when you've eaten, slept, or recharged. Number eight, run, swim, walk, or exercise. Exercise is scientifically proven to encourage creative thinking, and it's good for you too. Exercise increases blood flow to the brain, which can heighten your alertness and energy. And after a good workout session, you're more likely to get the creative juices flowing. Number nine, meditate. Sit on a large cushion, close your eyes and concentrate on your breath for five or 10 minutes. Use an app like Headspace or Calm or Waking Up. If you meditate every day, you will cultivate an ability to focus on your messy first drafts for longer periods. And this is actually something that the film director and screenwriter David Lynch talks about in a masterclass. He actually meditates twice a day for 20 minutes and he attributes this to some of his best creative works. Number 10, pick a fight with another author or expert. You don't have to be nasty, but you can use a contrarian point of view to overcome writing blocks. Consider what's wrong with their work. Is it too biased or maybe you didn't like a character or argument in their latest piece? You don't even need to publish or write a rebuttal, but analyzing someone else's work will help you find your writing voice and you could find argumentative strategies for your own work. Number 11, use the oblique strategies. These are strategies proposed by Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt back in 1975. They were initially conceived as a way for a musician to overcome creative blocks. And each card presents a dilemma designed to spark lateral thinking. Here's an example. Imagine the piece as a set of disconnected events. There are many different prompts like this. And the oblique strategies is an interesting way to find a new angle for your latest creative project. Number 12, listen to music, preferably without lyrics. Music is scientifically proven to encourage the creative process and expressive thinking. And it can calm anxiety and even neural activity. Now, most writers find that music or sound at a low level is best for working. I actually keep a playlist on Spotify of ambient music that enables me to enter a state of creative flow faster. And I listen to this early in the morning with noise cancelling headphones. If you have a problem focusing while music is playing, you can always try listening to binaural beats. And that's something you can look for on Spotify or YouTube. Number 13, optimize your environment. Depending on where you write, you can adjust noise, temperature and light or the surrounding space. Some writers like the ambient noise of a coffee shop. Studies have actually shown that moderate noise levels, that which you can find at a coffee shop, is optimal for the brain during the creative process. Alternatively, you could find a space with natural light. You could work next to a window, provided you don't stare out the window for hours when you should be working. And if you do, try moving your desk so it faces a little bit away from the window. Other writers like me just prefer a clean and tidy workspace. So perhaps you could reset everything before you sit down to work. Number 14, write down 10 ideas. This is from James Altucher, something I learned about a few years ago. But basically, write down 10 ideas every day and review them once a week. If you do this for six months, imagine you'll have hundreds of ideas that you can review. Yes, they won't all be usable, but you won't be short of things or ideas to explore. And you might even honor interesting angles for your next project. Number 15, make a list. 
If you're struggling with writer's block, try making a list of 10 things you would like to include in your current writing project. If that's too hard, try 20 or 100, because the harder you make your brain work, the more outlandish and crazy ideas it'll produce. Number 16, use a swipe file. This is the friend of every nonfiction writer. What is a swipe file? Well, it's a digital file, or it could be a folder where you keep all of your brilliant marketing ideas you've come across over the years. And it's a staple of copywriters around the world. You can swipe headlines, openings, great lines, pictures and ideas for your articles into your file and refer to them when you're stuck. Number 18, journal about it. If you're really struggling, just write an entry to yourself about it. It's still writing and who doesn't love to talk about themselves? As the short story writer Charles Bukowski said, writing about writer's block is better than not writing at all. And even if you just write a single sentence, at least you're creating something. What's more, journaling can help you explore the reasons why you have writer's block, much like free writing. Number 19, use the Pomodoro technique. This is a productivity strategy. Basically, sit down at your desk, set a timer for 25 minutes and don't get up until the buzzer sounds. Your job is just to write for 25 minutes. And even if you don't write anything useful, at least you turned up. Some days that's enough. Once you've completed your first 25 minute session, take a two to three minute break and then sit back down and repeat. After three or four 25 minute sessions, take a longer break or get something to eat or even go for a nap. The Pomodoros will stack up on top of each other and you'll be able to chip away at your writing project. Number 20, disconnect. Turning off your access to the internet is a great way to keep distractions at bay. So plug out your internet cable, turn off Wi-Fi and close down the apps and notifications, except the ones you use to write. Did you know that when best-selling author Jonathan Franzen was writing his novel Freedom a few years ago, he actually superglued his internet connection so he couldn't get online. That's pretty hardcore. Number 21, use pen and paper. If you don't want to wreck your computer like Jonathan, I don't blame you. So you, why not use pen and paper? The battery life and screen resolution are amazing. And what's more, writing with pen and paper will enable you to connect with the creative process in a way that you can't with a digital tool. You can't plunge your hand into the screen, but you can pick up a pencil or a pen and really get to grips with your writing project in a way that's not possible with digital tools. Number 22, hold yourself publicly accountable. This is a strategy I used when I started Become a Writer Today, because if you're a member of a writing group or a blog or an accountability group, tell them about a deadline and your plans to meet it. If it helps, find somebody who will hold you to your word and who will help you push past a point of discomfort and get the job done. Number 23, Write down what you've accomplished so far. Research, done. Opening angle, finished. First draft in progress. Crossing off your accomplishments unlocks a sense of pride and it's a reminder about why you're writing and that you're making progress, even if you feel stuck. Number 24, write down what you need to do next. Perhaps if you're writing nonfiction, you need to arrange another interview or read a book, or if you're writing fiction, you need to go and research a scene for your story. But by planning out your next steps, you can take action and progress your writing forward in some small way each day. Number 25, reread your favorite writing. Writer's block is often an input problem. So if you're not getting the right kind of inputs, reread your favorite piece of work. If it helps, identify a few elements that you like, such as tone, transitions, sentence length, structure, point of view, vocabulary, tone of voice, and so on. Ask yourself what you liked and disliked and how you can try a similar approach in whatever you're working on. Number 26, and this goes along with previous strategies, jot down your feelings. If you have a problem with what you're working on, write about how it feels. Is your current writing project making you feel angry, sad, discouraged, or excited? Now expand. Let your anger and frustration become fuel for whatever you're working on. Number 27. Write down the strengths of what you've written so far. Is your opening compelling? Is your research original? Are you on fire? Writer's block doesn't necessarily mean you can't get any words out. You might just be stuck in a particular section. 
So determine what you've done so far and what worked and just focus on that. Number 28, let's flip that around. Identify your weaknesses. Write down the weaknesses of what you've written so far. Is it too long? Is it too short? Figure out what's wrong with it and fix it. This method works better if you do it alongside the previous exercise because thinking through the flaws in your writing can help you determine why you feel blocked. Number 29, change your point of view. Why not explore the topic from a different point of view? How would a reader, colleague, friend, or even your cat as a dog lover, I never understood why the internet loves cats, but anyway, how would they approach this topic? Does this add a new emotion or tone to your writing? Does it spark new ideas? Like everything in life, sometimes a new perspective will clarify your thinking. Number 30. Annotate. Annotate the books you read and highlight essential sections. Then review these for ideas, inspiration and material. Maybe you stumble across a brilliant metaphor or a page of power words that is sure to engage any audience. Perhaps you've discovered a smart way to link two ideas discussed in previous sections. Keep your annotations in mind and refer to them when you're stuck. And if you read on a Kindle, check out the Amazon Kindle Cloud Reader because you can actually access all of your annotations for your books there. And I find that really useful for research. Number 31, determine the purpose. Do you want to entertain, inform, educate, or inspire readers? You know, I write blog posts to inform or to educate, whereas I might record an episode like this, maybe a little bit to entertain as well as to inform. But what are you trying to accomplish? Determining the purpose of your work will help you define what style and tone you should write in, and it will help you figure out what to include and what to exclude. You could also refer to other pieces you've read that serve the same purpose. And from there, you can get a few new ideas that will get you on your way. Number 32. Outline or mind map it. Outline your article. Use single words and lists to identify key themes or topics. This will help you organize it in advance. If it helps, define what's missing and what you should elaborate on. And if you're a visual thinker, try a mind map. Keep in mind, a mind map should focus on one central topic or idea and expand on it. Number 33. Stop editing. If you let your internal editor censor your writing during its first draft, you're never going to get past 100 words. Stopping to edit interrupts the flow of your writing session. Just get the words out and go back and revise later on. Do it tomorrow. Right now, edit later. If you take one thing away from this episode, that's it. Number 34, write for your one reader. Does your audience scare you? I know it can be intimidating when you think of people reading your work, but this is something even the best-selling author, John Steinbach, complained about. And he suggested imagining you're writing to one individual instead of an audience, because this will help you get rid of the terror of addressing an audience and help you feel more confident. So pick someone you know or like or even dislike and write for them alone. Number 35, Consume great art. Again, linking to the previous strategy, some writers feel blocked because they have an input problem. They just haven't read or researched or watched enough material to use in their current project. So take a day off to visit a museum, read a great book or watch an inspiring film. Recharge using other people's creative work. Number 36, pray. Recite the prayer to the muse. This is actually a strategy from Stephen Pressfield and you can get the prayer to the muse in his book, The War of Art. And that's something I recommend every writer who complains about writer block read. Now, finally, that's all the strategies that I have for you, but you're probably wondering, are there any tools you can use to conquer writer's block? Well, there are a couple of tools that I've mentioned and that I can summarize here for you now, but basically check out the oblique strategies. Consider using pen and paper, mind mapping software like iMindMap, a timer is always useful, a journaling app like Day One, Freedom, which will help you disconnect from the internet, a meditation app like Calm or Headspace or Waking Up, a spite file, which could be Evernote, or it could be just a, a file that you have on your shelf. Or finally, some white noise or ambient music. And there's plenty of those playlists on Spotify and YouTube. You see, writer's block is a funny thing. Some days the fear of writing is more difficult to overcome than sitting down and actually writing. 
On other occasions, the words will come quickly and easily and you realize what a joy it is to fill the blank page. What a privilege it is to be able to write. So the next time you feel afraid of the blank page or when you feel like you've got writer's block and nothing to say, just try one of the strategies from this episode. Find what works for you and stick to it. Because remember, your job is to turn up and do the work and then to go out there and share what you've created with the world. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.